Welcome back to the land of K's, P's, Flops, Frames, and HDR. Welcome to PSVG Game Tech. It is I, the self-appointed tech guru of PSVG, Dat Ninja Dev, and with me as usual is the master of the deal, the eater of hype, Mr. Donnie Reese. How are you this fine Halloween morning? Halloween, baby. I'm excited. I got a lot of things to do today. I did a lot of things yesterday. I'm sore. That's how I am doing this morning. I woke up and tried to move and was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, a tree had fallen and crashed through my kids trampoline and the tree was so heavy that it knocked the base of the trampoline a good like eight inches into the ground it just hammered wow. the trampoline down in there yeah and kind of smashed uh, half of it was just bent so yesterday i was out there with the saw and chainsaw and axe just chopping off this tree into little bitty pieces and then carrying it and throwing it in the woods and then doing the same thing with the trampoline, breaking it down, taking it to the dump. It was a Tell project. me you were wearing a Jason hockey mask because that would just be perfectly <laughs> on brand. I don't have a Jason be... hockey mask. Oh, <laughs> that would have been so perfect. It would have been good, but oh, I'm paying for it now. I can imagine. I can imagine. Also joining us is the JRPG master, the true playing Mr. Nintendo, or playing Nintendo. Jeez, we can't even talk today. <laughs> Mr. Blue Explosion himself. How are you, Garrett? I'm doing good. I think I need a second cup of coffee. I don't know. Waking up these days, it's 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 been rough. I have coffee on the way. <laughs> we ordered Starbucks. Oh, nice. Yeah, is it delivery and everything? Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably do that right now. You should. Coffee is great. It gets it gets the morning going. I mean, the caffeine may not do anything for you, but mentally, at least you'll know you've had your coffee, and maybe it'll help you. Wake I'm up. excited. I bought a um, I bought a home projector. Like I have a movie mm -hmm. projector and a giant screen. We're going to be setting it up today in the driveway, so we'll be, oh, that's we'll be so playing cool. old horror movies as people come by and, and get their uh, trick or treat candy. Nice. Are people are just going to stare at that screen and be socially not distant? I mean, no, I thought no. about putting out some chairs. So if people just want to like kind of hang out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, we are doing like a little table and we are putting out individually wrapped little goodie bags of candy that we made like a month ago. So people can kind of just grab a bag and we'll just kind of replenish as people come and go. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we're doing a little something similar. We're going to have for just the neighborhood kids. Um, we're going to have two little like six foot tables set up or whatnot with some crafts, um, some games or whatnot. And then I'm also toying with the idea of using a projector and throwing something up. But it won't be old movies. It'll be something like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a good so, idea. Yeah, what yeah. I was going to play, I was I wanted it to be I wanted it to be cool. But like, obviously, I can't throw like child's play or freddy krueger up on the screen scare the hell yeah you can't i mean you can but i don't think many people <laughs> would appreciate it so we're gonna roll with like some old monster flicks we're gonna do like the bride of frankenstein uh maybe like the birds stuff like that cool all the stuff the people can be like what is this vertigo you might you, you might start something it's funny me and my wife we've been watching a lot of the old stuff we watched uh psycho we watched uh vertigo the birds like she she loves a lot of the older movies, so we've we've been watching a lot of that, um, just to get the Halloween you know feel, and then of course all the Treehouse of Horror from The Simpsons because oh those are that. great, <laughs> comfort food. So sorry guys, I have zero plans for Halloween this time around. I'm in an apartment building. No one comes to my door and asks for candy, which is actually probably good. 
Um, but I am in uh, like a homish neighborhood, so I'm sure there'll be kids walking around. I'll just stay inside, play some scary video games or something like that. Trust me, if I didn't have kids or my wife, I would be doing absolutely nothing for Halloween as well. <laughs> I just I does think. not compute. This is my favorite <laughs> holiday of the year. I live for this day. It's the only holiday of the year for you. That's that's basically <laughs> it. I, uh, this is breaking my heart, both of you. I'm sorry. As Chucky sits in the background, staring at us menacingly. I'm going to put him outside, too. As I think he's going to strangle me overnight. I got, all, I got all my graves out there. It's all lit up. Oh, so you found them all? Because I figured the wind probably took them places. They did. They did. But yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't go too far. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. Now that the Halloween talk is over, sorry, Daddy. Let's get into what's new. Anybody get anything cool? Anything coming? I got a uh, an external SSD for my Xbox that's coming. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's a SATA drive, so it's not going to run the new games off of it. This is the exact SATA drive and uh, cable setup that Digital Foundry mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm recommended in their little video and basically the performance was like i want to say it was a second off of internal in terms of load times uh, across the board so i got a two terabyte one that i negotiated on ebay for 150 dollars so that's it pretty to, good deal yeah i think I, I i think i did about 60 dollars better than than the going rate and uh i was i kept waffling between one and two terabytes because i'm just gonna play old stuff off of it but i really wanted two terabytes so mm-hmm. once I found a deal, and I had to wait a little bit because the seller was out of town, so it took a few weeks, um, but it came in, and I've got my my cable, and my my Series X and S will be on the way soon, within 10 days from now. And, yeah, uh, I still have, I still have my 8 terabyte hard disk drive, so mm-hmm. as soon as I get them, I will plug them in, and I'll start the transferring process of moving stuff over, and uh, I'll be playing all of my back and pad stuff from there, which mm-hmm. will free up my internal. Like, I, I looked at it as a putting up a, an investment into yep. my system. It'll free up my internal and my expansion card to only run the new games from. So yep. without, without sacrificing anything. And, and I have seen load times, um, GTA, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a video of GTA running on Series X, and it is quite impressive to watch somebody boot that game from a cold boot and be in the game playing it in like 38 seconds. Welcome to PC gaming. Because <laughs> it takes like three minutes to get into GTA on, mm-hmm. on an Xbox it One. Is, it takes forever. It is so dumb how long it takes on console. Like it is just, ugh, it's terrible. You see how fast PlayStation 5 got into Spider-Man? I did. Oh. I did. <laughs> there was one screen that like that you barely even saw you the logo. You couldn't even read it. Yeah, it for a hot like second. Flash. Like, whoa. <laughs> Don't you have why the option even, now of putting in like, the subway it? loading screens or whatever? Like you have the option yeah. to put the Spider-Man loading, whatever. And it's yeah. like you don't need this anymore. Do you, do I don't you, even. I don't even need the startup menu. Just go right into the game. Stop. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I press that button. I'm in Spider-Man. Like that would I be. Mean, that would be amazing. That's practically how fast it was. It was ridiculous. It really was. Yeah. Like it took um, maybe ten seconds to get to the start menu, and then once you're in the start menu, maybe five seconds to get into the game. From a cold, I don't even think it from took a, five seconds from a cold game. start, like from a brand, Gosh. like from a hot press cold start, you're in that game in seconds. It was it was very mm-hmm. impressive. Console gamers, welcome to PC gaming. This is this is what we have. What is this thing you're talking about? I don't know. Wait, it's oh, the it's thing the you're thing. using right now to put this show up. And yeah, pretty much. 
This is my <laughs> podcast machine. Nobody games on this. It's that hard drive that you bought. That's actually a PC hard drive. It's like a PC component. <laughs> Came out 2010, you know, the SSD. <laughs> yeah, the one that I've had in my, my PC for a while now. It's literally the exact same hard drive. It's gross. So question, was that hard drive that you bought, was it used? No, brand new. Okay. okay. That's so nice. I was gonna say, SSDs do have a shelf life, so yeah, <laughs> they do degrade. I, know, I was stunned, shocked even at how light and like, not flimsy, but it's like incredibly, it feels hollow. It's like, mm-hmm. it's plastic mm-hmm. and there just feels like there's nothing in it. And it's so no idea. thin and small. Which, I was like, what the you hell is one? This is, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I, have you seen an NVMe SSD, like for <laughs> a PC? I asked him what yeah, he told I, me. I have. Like, okay. Well, I've seen the <laughs> sticks. But that's a stick. That's an internal. It's a completely different thing. Not really. It's, you, it's very similar. You just need a connection because it has its own heat sink. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need a So, Digital Foundry included one of those in their tests mm-hmm. as well. They did the test with um, an external SSD, like uh, like a... Like an, uh, an off-the-shelf external SSD mm-hmm. um, through mm-hmm. USB. They did one of those, um, one of the M2s with a case with the connect with the connecting yeah. cable. Yeah. They did the SATA. The SATA was on par with the M2 and better in most situations by slight margin, mm-hmm. but better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they they referenced that they thought it was because of the cable. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is. Yeah, and you um, lose all the NVMe speed by putting it in that case and making it USB. There you go. Yeah. That's exactly what they said. So they were like, "Why? Why encourage you to buy this if you're just yeah? The other one is half the price, and you'll you'll get the yeah. better performance." So that's why I went with the mm-hmm. SATA. Yeah, if you were to open up that SATA drive, it would look strikingly similar to an M2. Like it's base. It's just a flash drive. It's just it's really, a little flash memory. Really mm-hmm. impressive. And there's a slide and we saw in the PS5 open teardown video. The the M.2 slot is like right there, right, ready to go. So I can't wait to get my hands on one and take it apart. The PlayStation, I'm taking it. You're gonna vacuum it out. Yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard a PlayStation? Do you, do you know how terrified I am of it sounding like a jet engine? I'm absolutely going to pull those side plates off and how, vacuum it out from time to time. How are the folks with the PS5? Have they talked about how how it sounds yet? They haven't been able to. Embargo was literally just the unboxing and talking about Astro Astro's playground and the the controller. That's that's all they've been able to say. That's all we've been able to see. Um, the embargo, the next phase of it should lift, I believe, this Friday. So. Hopefully we'll see some more. Um, the Xbox embargo is the fifth. Okay, makes sense. I don't care. I just want the damn console. I don't even need to see anything else. I just want it in my hands. I want to play with it. I want to play games. Well, I was going to capture I'm, some I, stuff. I think we're going <laughs> to reference this on Empire, but to burn one a little early, I think it's interesting because um, Xbox is like, they've, they've basically, they've said everything. I feel like we know every yeah. single thing about Pretty the console. Much. We don't mm-hmm. know really a whole lot about the PlayStation 5. No, we do not. I have said that many times. It's it's incredible how little we actually know about what this console is, what it does. Um, I imagine we'll find out a, a great deal more Friday and then a great deal more like right before launch. Um, but there's just so much we don't know. All we know is that it's hella fast. It's got Spider-Man. Um, and you can put an M2 stick in it if you take off a face faceplate. That's the like controller. Really the controller it. is getting just rave reviews. Everybody loves the yeah. controller. Yeah, everyone is having great yeah. impression of that thing. I think yeah, I think I'm Xbox play with it. knowing where they were in the market leading into this, they couldn't risk that same chance. Like they needed to be right. like just mm-hmm. completely open and honest and get as much 
information and knowledge out there as possible um, versus Sony yep. who could just basically not say anything to anybody and still sell. Oh, there's incredible demand with the PS5. Right, right. Like yeah. They could they could not said they could have not sent a single box out. They could have just been like, buy it and you'll find out. And it would have still yeah. flew off the shelves. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that, that they actually sent them out as early as they did because with the PS4, most most like of the influencers, journalists, they didn't get it to like maybe the like the week, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of days before launch. Where this time they actually had them a couple weeks in advance, which was which is surprising. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe. Sony realized it needed to do and say something because Xbox has basically laid all their cards on the table um, mm-hmm. with counters to all of PlayStation's punches. Um, so hopefully we we actually get to see and hear some stuff about, you know, more in-depth, like what are the cards? Is there some kind of quick resume? Like, just give me some more info. But I'm excited. I, I think between the play. SSD... Um, speed as we've seen on display leaked and then the i guess the save states these activity cards that they have i'm still trying to wrap Mm -hmm. my head around it it's like bookmarks i guess um i think between those two i think it makes a case as to why they didn't dedicate space to do quick resume yeah because it's 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 really mimicking a similar thing even if they're not the same thing but you're not giving up any of that precious ssd space um because we think it's taking quite a bit of the res- reservation on Xbox to do that. Yeah. And with as small as the PlayStation's uh, hard drive is, I don't want to reserve any space for no damn quick resume. Especially if the games boot up as fast as they do. Like, if they boot up as fast as that Spider-Man does, like all of them, then I don't really need a quick resume because it's like seven seconds to get into a game. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's tomatoes, tomatoes at this point. So what's the advantage of quick resume again? Is it just like having multiple games so on? Quick resume. So the difference, mm-hmm. the difference between the two. So for listeners, if you're wondering what the difference between the two is, um, so far we, we don't think the PlayStation Five has quick resume in the same way that Xbox does. So mm-hmm. in Xbox, you can juggle up to six. I've seen as many as ten, but I think on new next gen games, I think the number is four. You can have yeah. four suspended games at any time. And when you click into them, you will get a little five, six second load screen. And then it will actually drop you right where you left off. Mm-hmm. So you don't see the start screen. You don't see the publisher screen. You don't see any of the titles. You're literally just right back into the game. So if I was playing golf, for example, if I'm playing uh, PGA tour golf, if I suspend it and I'm on the 15th hole, and I go play something else. When I come back, I just pick right back up where I left off on the 15th hole and I keep playing yeah. on the PlayStation so side. Was- you're starting a brand new game. So you're still going to see that title screen and stuff. Um, so like with the miles Morales, there was maybe five seconds of getting to the actual start screen of miles Morales. And then there was maybe four or five seconds of, from that menu into the game you were playing. So no, okay. it was like, uh, like two seconds. He pressed it was super X fast. Like, you're here. And right now, PlayStation has the resume feature. So, like, if I'm playing a game and I put it in suspend mode and then I bring up bring it back up, I'm right back where I left right. off. So, basically, Xbox is doing that, but across multiple games. And that's what Switch does. So a, like, Switch, you can, yeah, you can just, yeah. you know, bounce out of a game and you can always come back to it. And I think that's been the best way that I've explained it to other people is that with the Xbox, you could do that for four, five, six games. At yeah. all times. So you could always kind of have some games running. What happens if you go past that limit? Um, then I imagine one, like there's a queue that you'll reach a limit. 
So if you just open up another one, it'll just drop off one. It'll drop off your oldest one, I would imagine. Mm. It's all based on storage. So um, I've seen people juggle as many as 10 backwards compatible titles, but that number goes down the more more modern that, that you go through. So. I, I, I wouldn't test the limit of the of those games. I didn't want like one of those games to just Xbox has said four. So I think with like oh, new okay. games, four. You can juggle up as many as four games at one time. And then if you cold boot a game, like a cold boot test, and this is gonna be interesting when both consoles are out and they're fully unembargoed, we're gonna have all kinds mm-hmm. of these damn like comparisons. <laughs> um, right. A cold boot is going to be significantly slower than PlayStation. Um Maybe double, okay. maybe more than double, I would imagine, depending on the game, depending on the game, of course. I oh, think yeah. like GTA 5, um, like whenever they release a next gen enhanced part of the game could probably be, you know, twice as slow to get into than the PlayStation Which is crazy because it's still going to be like a hundred times faster than what we have now. Which is exactly because, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Say, we're going to make all these like <laughs> YouTube videos with all these like headlines and, and clickbait thumbnails. And it's mm-hmm. like the ultimate, I, the ultimate takeaway is that it's going to be 70% faster than what we've had for the last eight years across yeah. the board. Yeah. Every console is just 70% faster. And then like, yeah, like Sony's is just their SSD is really fast. So they have like these activities and like this, these cold start times that are super fast. And then Xbox is kind of masking the fact that their SSD might be a little slower with this dedicated space in this quick resume. Because um, yeah. if you're hopping quick resume, it's going to be blazing fast. And mm-hmm. I do play multiple games usually at once, but it's never more than like two or three. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's one like of those quick things where like, with quick resume, I'm personally planning on using it all the time. Like I love yeah. that. It, I love that it's a system wide feature because I don't know. It's going to be rare that I cold start like I cold boot a game. That doesn't happen normally. You'll be cold booting it only for the first time. Right, exactly. I'll cold boot it <laughs> once, and then I'll never do it until I beat the game again. And then, yeah, pretty yep. much. Yep. It's definitely a game changer for those like Donnie who dip in and out of multiple games at once. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think it was very smart for Xbox to include that because I think that's a lot of what that player base is. You're jumping from game to game. Um, so it'll be really cool to, to see mm-hmm. for people like you, Garrett, who also have a ginormous backlog and play. So I just, I don't want to play multiple games at the same, (laughs) that sounds stressful to me. I think the only way or or, uh, situation I would do this is basically if I'm playing a heavy single player RPG and then going back to a very laid back, I don't know, quick multiplayer match or something like that. That's my life. Not multiplayer part, but yeah, I mean, I, I am usually playing like um, before I sold my, my one X, I was mm-hmm. playing Dishonor 2, and then I would play PGA Tour, and then I would play like Hyperdot, and then maybe like Gears, and just kind of whatever I was planning on, whatever I was feeling at the moment, I would just hop into one of those games. And uh, I, I, I play the Switch the same way. I basically always have like, I usually always have a game that I'm playing for story, and I usually always have a game that I'm just playing for fun. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of call that like my evergreen title. I think for many people, those are probably like multiplayer shooters like Fortnite mm-hmm. and stuff that's that's not it for me it's usually like golf game sports game something like that wrestling game just something i'm playing mm-hmm. to have fun like a, a palate cleanser if they bring genjin impact to xbox you you bet your butt now i'm gonna you know keep that online we, suspended off to the side 
that's the one I worry I wonder about because right now with those online games, because you have to right. log into the server, you can't you can't yeah. suspend them. No, you can't. So I'm wondering you can, how but all it's gonna happen. do is just gonna disconnect you from the lobby and drop you back into the home screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a lot of people mm-hmm. ask me that on Xbox a couple of weeks ago. I was like, yeah, how to switch to yeah. that. If you suspend Fortnite mid match and you hop back in, it's just gonna give you a connection error and drop you back into the lobby. The, That's what Destiny does. It's still it's still yeah. by- bypassing the initial boot and the initial load screen and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just going to drop you back mm-hmm. into the lobby, but you know, it's still faster than not, but. And then it'll depend on your internet and how fast that is to get back. Yeah. online. <laughs> there's much. different types of online too. Like there's online to external servers or whatever Xbox or PlayStation has um, with Genshin. It's just like, like their servers. And then you can pause. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's like a login mainly. It, it if you play single player, it's a single player game. You pause and the game pauses. I was going to say, uh, I don't know much about Destiny, but I'd imagine if you were like in some online shared world, is it possible that um, when you're back at the base or something and everybody's no, just running it, around that it could just reconnect? Uh-uh. It boots you out if you're idle gotcha. for so long because you can only have so many people in an instance. Yeah. So everything you do in that game is an, is an instance. So if you're idle for too long, it'll boot you out because... It yeah. needs to make space for other Safe players resources. who want to get in. So, first you get bo- booted back to your ship, so you're just kind of flying, and then once you're idle from there for so long, you get booted off the server. So, I imagine it'll be all the same stuff, but at least, like you said, if you have a suspended, you're already back at the title screen instead of having to wait for that to load up, which takes some time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you yep. get to bypass all of that goodness. Well, you wonder, like, on the PlayStation 5 side, if you hit Destiny 2, can you just hop to the title screen? I'd imagine. Like, with their activity things? Well, their activity, I don't think that's going to work for a game like that. See, and Um, that's, I'm, like, I'm so, mm -hmm. like, I'm slightly excited for it, but but also, like, slightly, like, confused by it. Uh, I feel like the activities are more like, if you're already, you can't bring that up until you're actually in-game. So these are all the activities or trophies that you're basically hunting. You can jump to certain points to get that stuff. And but I, I feel imagine like it's only until you're in game. They only unlock as you progress in the game. So you can't like jump into the game and then jump to the end of the game. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think so. Either. So they're I think being it have to built be something out that you've already as started. you're doing it. I and imagine, so that yeah. makes me think that they're going to be built around trophies. That that's that's my that's my guess. I don't see why you would it'll have them be otherwise. Tr- it'll be trophies or chapters. Hmm. Okay. I, I I can't think of any other reason to what they would be utilized for. Like if you're I, looking for a certain item, right? If you're or if it's a quest based thing, so you're looking for a certain part of a certain quest, maybe you can jump to a title, a little title card for that. That helps me understand a little bit better. I think that makes it slightly less exciting because I was expecting that maybe they would have like predictable save states of the game that you could just go to, and I didn't realize that you had to be in game first. Which I guess makes sense because you have to. It's all speculation. Well, no, I think you're right because you can't open that control center until you are until you've booted the app, right? Mm -hmm. So that actually makes more sense now. I haven't obviously I haven't studied it, but I was in my head. I was thinking if they had like predictable, like every game you could just like hit the title screen or you could hit the file select screen or something like from the go. But no, it's just going to be yeah. So it's going to be achievements and chapter based. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't see any reason for it to be anything else because they're like, why would I want to be able to jump to a chapter before I've gotten there? Just that was what I was thinking when they were demoing, and I I had like I almost came away with more questions. I was like, I kind of see what you're doing, (laughs) but I was like, how does this work? 
Because <laughs> it reminded me of like what Stadia was doing, right? Remember they were talking like you could save your game and then send your friend a link and they could just hop in right where you are. That's where kind of where my yeah. head was going. I was like, uh. maybe they can do stuff like this. But um, and I was also a little. Uh, I thought it was weird that it's like developer generated. I was honestly thinking like if, if the community could like, you know, create a save point or something like that and then share it um, into like some sort of online, you know, community hub or something that you could grab them from. I was wondering if that might have more value than the devs doing it. Maybe for a game like Little Bleak Planet, but yeah. I can't imagine like would I want that for Demon Souls? No, because my run is my run, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm pulling some community based save, what does that community based save have? You know? So i mm-hmm. your thread of thought I'd never even got to. I I looked at it as like, oh, that's cool. If I happen to pass something up or whatnot, or I'm in a chapter and there's something that I missed, I can jump back to a point in time to be able to collect that item or get that thing that oh I that's missed. gonna so be that's, s- what I, that's what i was thinking yeah that's, that's gonna be so good for witcher 3 i i missable trophies Mi- like missable dude we're on a new gen you're talking about this game you're still yeah, talking witcher, about- witcher 3 is getting a whole new I know. gen upgrade i can't wait i can't wait that game in gta 5 will never die we will that's be true. on f- xbox 27 and ps 19 or whatever i'm gonna so replay still be there i'm gonna replay gta 5 Oh, nice. I'm, sure. I'm not. For sure. I mean, if they don't charge me for the next-gen upgrade, I'll boot it up and see how pretty it looks. And they come to PlayStation for free? That's what they, that's they, they said GTA Online is coming. No, no. But no, I haven't no. With started. that announcement, they announced the GTA 5 next-gen patch, I think, is coming to PlayStation Plus, too. It was like the uh, after. It was the it was mentioned after that. They were like, Online's coming, and we're patching GTA 5, and I think that's coming to PlayStation Plus. As long as it's free, I'll check it out and see how how trace the rays are. Um, other than that, <laughs> trace the rays, <laughs> trace those raids, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to try and replay that entire game. I just I don't have it in me. I typically play one game at a time, so yeah. no. I, I I I can't focus on multiple oh. things. Like I hate jumping into a game and oh. not remembering the damn controls because i've been mm-hmm. playing something else mm-hmm. it drives me insane and then I'll, I'll put that game down and never finish it or never go back to it so i've learned that for me i just want to exist in this world until i'm done with it then we'll move on to the next <laughs> i guess that's how i roll sounds good sounds yeah. good did you guys buy anything i did actually I got a new capture card, a new external capture card. So I have the Avermedia Live Gamer Ultra, which actually does uh, 4K HDR 60 pass-through. Um, and they nice. can record and broadcast 4K HDR at 30. So I probably won't be broadcasting in 4K because that is just so bandwidth heavy. It's ridiculous. If mm-hmm. anything, I'll do 1440, 60, um, and then also still be able to play at 4K 60 with HDR turned on. So I did that mainly because I want to be able to stream the PS5 for Extra Life. So on the 14th, I'll be doing a 12-hour stream, and it will be all PS5. And I wanted to be able to have it at a very nice-looking stream, as well as not sacrificing what the game actually looks like on my end. I want to sure. be able to see it in all of its 4K HDR glory. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. So pretty excited about that. I've been putting it through its paces uh, 
It's a nice little, nice little piece of hardware. I'm excited nice about the Extra Life team. You guys are doing a great job. It makes me, yeah. I told Kevin yesterday, it makes me very, very happy. Not only to see that you guys are doing such a great job, but the fact to see that it's the PSVG team. Nothing yeah. against um, Sean and Ray and everybody. They're like They do an amazing job as well. They're one of the best. Um, but we have a big team. I've always, always wanted us to kind of do it ourselves. Um, but I'm just that kind of way. Not not much of a follower in that regard. You know, it's just like, <laughs> why why are we partnering with other people? We could do this on our own. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm really, really proud of you guys seeing what you're doing. I made a donation yesterday. So. Nice. Well, we'll definitely have a schedule up. We are splitting a lot of our our streams over like a couple weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good time. And of course, Kevin and Josh going to be there on game day doing 24 hours. Uh, so we'll definitely be there present. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait for it. It's going to yeah. be good. Give me fun times. I haven't bought anything because I'm conserving money and or buying other video games. Uh, 3080, my- huh? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> we all wish. We all wish. Uh, I my Retroid Pocket Two is it's in transit right now. It's shipped from China, so I have no idea where it is. Um, but it is in transit, and they say it's in my in the U.S. It's been commandeered uh, for Corona reasons. Eh, probably. We had several um, of those. I'm not sure if you guys follow any of that, but we ordered mm-hmm. we ordered like several pallets and things of like masks and stuff like that mm-hmm. all completely commandeered by the u.s government as soon as they cross customs wow jeez <laughs> that's insane um but yeah i should be getting it this week i i hope um but yeah other than that um i i got a switch dock you got a switch dock as well um mine's a cheap one and i like it because i can act- too. <laughs> well, yours is seventy bucks compared to my twenty bucks. It wasn't. Right? It was on sale for forty nine ninety nine. I still got mine for Master twenty bucks. Of the deal. Mm. So <laughs> I wouldn't have bought mine for seventy. I didn't need a dock that bad. But now that I have it, mm-hmm. I actually kind of want to buy another one. Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever play on not this ever again. The Genki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you really like that. Yeah, the Genki Travel Dock's where it's at. Have you seen a dev? No. It's like a wall outlet. Like a surge protector for your TV, you just plug it into the wall and it has a USB cable that you just plug into your switch and an HDMI cable that goes to your TV, mm-hmm. but it's from the wall. So it's like an outlet. You plug into the wall, mm-hmm. you plug your HDMI cord into it, your USB cord into it. You just plug it into your switch and it's a duck. That's it. It's just a cord. It's just one cord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why would I want that instead of just dropping it into the dock? It's not whether you want it more or less. It's just there is no dropping it in. There's no like piece of hardware or anything out for the dock. So like for me... Um, you'll be proud. I, I Velcroed my USB-C to my HDMI. So it all just sits mm-hmm. behind the TV. There's no cord. And I just slightly pull it out, plug in my Switch when I'm playing on the TV, and I'm playing. And it's like super minimal. There's nothing there. You wouldn't even think I even had a Switch. There's just nothing on the table anymore. It's just gone. It just mm-hmm. completely got rid of the entire footprint. And if you travel, which is what it's for, you just take, pull the dock out of the wall. And like it literally is this big. Like you just hold it in your hand. It's like a USB. Yeah, like, like, like you could put USB it in sticks. your pocket. That's how you know tiny this thing is. So you could just take it with you and you know dock with you. Clearly, I don't travel. Yeah, same. <laughs> we don't travel these like, days. Same. But wait, if you're traveling, that's the whole point of the portable part, right? Unless you want to play because any place I've gone, I can't even get to the HDMI ports on TVs. So like, if I'm in a hotel, they have my <laughs> stuff blocked off, so I can't even get to them. So I'm like, well, yeah, pull it out. <sighs> 
<laughs> gotta rip it apart come on dev you're the master of the tinker i'm sure you looked at those and you were like i can i can do it i have definitely Couple of screwdrivers i have definitely been like oh y'all ain't getting y'all ain't hiding this from me i'm gonna get, I'm right. gonna get back there i see dev but like like, like, like one of those bank like, robbers in like a movie he has like a rollout he just rolls out like a line of screwdrivers and different tiny things. electronic yeah. tools yeah i'm loving it there we go there it is fix it <laughs> right on the money <laughs> yeah but that's cool i'm glad you were able to have a nice minimal setup and hide all those wires garrett i'm looking at you you need to do that too sir <laughs> your wires <laughs> around my cords it's it's, it's all around i'm on a rampage i'm getting rid of cables everywhere except at the PC, which probably hurts Dev the most. I don't care about these cables at all. <laughs> it's just it's, it's the amount of cables that I care about. I care about my console cables. I got them all nicely like intertwined and, and, and patched and, and stuck to things, so they're all nice. And this is just a mess. They're just all on the floor and who cares? <laughs> You're a monster. It's a You're PC. An absolute monster. It's a PC. Who cares? Nobody cares. Wow. All tangled wow. up. <laughs> they're not tangled. Yeah, they I are, actually they are all rolled and velcroed off. So I got that. I don't have like any slack or anything run on the ground. They are all rolled up and velcroed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I actually went through and redid my cables today. Yeah. Nice. Garrett. Make it happen. All right. You see that look? Cables. Garrett. Some monstrosity over there. <laughs> you got to stop that. <laughs> okay. Well, that uh, wraps up that segment nicely. So. Let's get into some news. Mm-hmm. About to board Donnie to sleep real quick. So say, is this I, the coffee break part? This is like, you probably won't talk for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so AMD, they're about to be the new PC standard. I mean, they already have been making their way there with their processors because they have just mm-hmm. been absolutely incredible per performance whether it's been single core which now it has one of the fast like if not the fastest single core single thread single process right. um processor but for multi-processing multitasking amd has always been the way to go and now even more so like their new line the uh, zen 3 the 5000 series it, it still going to be the best bang for buck in processing. We've got new benchmarks for all of that stuff. It's a 26% generational uplift compared to the 3000 series. Um, the Ryzen 9 5900X, which is going to be their flagship, which is 549, 12 cores, 24 threads, 4.8 gigahertz boost clock. Um, the thing is a beast. Yeah. An absolute beast. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm kind of excited for Ryzen, man. Like... This is like I've always seen Intel as being like the flagship CPUs, but over the past mm-hmm. like two years now, two to three years, they're kind of like 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 they have the performance up and everything. It's just the price and the proprietary motherboard. Um, yep. Now it's like, well, if I'm going to upgrade next time, I'm going to need a new motherboard anyways for a new Intel. It's like, why not go AMD? And like they got their performance there now the prices are okay they're comparable i think um and like now they have um you know that connection with their gpus as well i oh, think yeah. they're making a nice ecosystem with- that's exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. oh my god the rage mode like 
the smart access that they've actually brought when you com when you combine the the graphics card with the new GPU or the new CPU, it's something that Intel and and Nvidia can't do. Like everybody was always, yeah, you got to go Intel, you got to go Nvidia. Like that's just kind of been the known thing, especially from a gaming standpoint. Mm -hmm. But AMD, what they've done now with their newly announced just this week, their their um, six thousand series, the big Navi as they would call <laughs> it, um, just oh. The early preliminary benchmarks are mm -hmm. really, really taking it straight to NVIDIA. Um, they have either their, their 6800 XT is either matching the 3800 or beating it in a lot of areas. Yes. Um, or the 38, not 3800, 3080. Right, oh, right. All these right. nomenclature names. <laughs> um, and it's at a lower cost. Yeah. And more RAM. <laughs> so it's got 16 gigs of RAM compared but, uh, to its 10. But less rays, right? Well, we don't know about the rays yet. Yeah, we don't um, know much about the ray tracing at all. Yeah, we don't know about their ray tracing or their like DLSS like component. Like they're still working on that, but just preliminary out the gate, it's looking like it's actually for once finally going to be a true competitor to Nvidia. Mm -hmm. And then when you match that up with their CPU and you're able to use that one button overclock as they as they call it with their rage mode where you're actually able to access the smart memory the smart access memory feature is supposed to give a 13 percent improvement in games or whatnot so they're able to actually share the memory across the board between each other and just just kill games so amd they are on a, a metaphoric rise right now they're, they're a meteoric rise right now they're just metaphoric crop I just want to yeah. say for the um, AMD CPU. That's a great word. I, I loved it. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, the architecture is like they're they're down to the seven nanometer now, and they yeah. they're only getting smaller. Whereas Intel is still keeping their fourteen nanometer um, architecture, and they and it seems like their next gen whatever it's going to be next year is speculating that it's not going to get any smaller than that. So I'm like, well, how are you going to get more power mm -hmm. per? Um, you know, performance there if you're not making it any smaller. Um, yep. I, and, and you see in their presentations, both of them, the GPU and CPU, at the end, they're like, hey, we're done. We got these designs up for the Ryzen and the big Navi GPUs or whatever. But now we're thinking ahead already. We're already yeah. thinking of next year. We're already thinking of what can we do to improve and I think that's what AMD needs to do is keep this iteration going, mm -hmm. and keep the performance up. And on top of that, just like, you know, you can just probably make a very powerful red build for years, actually, to when, come. Absolutely. When do these big Navi GPUs go on sale? November. It's like mid, -no I think it's November mm -hmm. 18th on, on 6800. You guys totally fine with buying a GPU without knowing what its ray tracing capabilities are? At that cost? I mean, I'm sure we'll find out before they go on sale. You think so? Um, oh, yeah. I think just like we had, like, right before the NVIDIA, the 3080 and the 3090 went out, like, there were actual, you know, reviewers that had them, had access to them. Oh, and of put course, them their but paces. they were talking about ray tracing at, at their unveiling, at their launch. They went in through all the details of all the hardware and everything that they're doing yeah. and why it's better. Mm -hmm. And this, mm -hmm. they just kind of omitted it. I saw several people speculating on on Twitter that uh, AMD solution could come post launch. I'm definitely Good. waiting on the ray tracing aspect of this there. And also the, the DLSS component for AMD. 
I am not going to buy one day one, of course. I, I don't think so at all. Um, but I, I'm sure other people that, you know, they have their old AMD GPUs, like, man, this is the upgrade I need. They're going to yeah. probably swap that up. And, and, and then people who have, like, like for myself, an NVIDIA 1080 Ti, it's like, well, now we got these two options. I know NVIDIA is proving a little bit more with their super, their super sampling and their um, ray tracing. But, you know, if I make an all-around one red build, that that sounds cool to me. It sounds uniform. Yeah. Um, the ray tracing is only going to get better as well. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And I mean, for me and Garrett, we have 1080s. We don't have ray tracing now, so any ray tracing is more ray tracing than we have. So <laughs> there's also that aspect to it. If you're somebody who's coming from a 2080 Ti, you know, even with that, the ray tracing, unless you, you know, really minimize like the, like, the actual like performance like if you're going from like high or medium you can get the ray tracing and get above 30 frames um so even going with something like the the new the, the 6800 xt or going with the 3080 you're getting a, an, a performance increase regardless yeah um even though they haven't said anything i expect to hear more about what they're doing before launch and we'll see what happens mm-hmm. but i think that they have really you know Put their put put a line in the sand like, hey, come on. We we we've got some good stuff. And like like Garrett said, like if you're looking to upgrade, you've got a really compelling reason to go with the full team red build. Like it's just they have they have a very, very compelling offer for the for the the CPU, the, the CPU and GPU space where people were already beginning to really lean towards AMD anyway. Um Intel seems like they're not really trying to iterate or get any better. They're just, yeah, they're just like, it's almost like arrogant Sony in the PS3 era. Like, that's kind of what Intel kind of feels like. Yeah, we're still in this 14 nanometer. Every iteration that we've had for the last couple of years, like, you really haven't had a reason to upgrade. We're, we're Intel. We, we got this. We're big. We, we're, we're fine. We'll put out whatever the people buy. Motherboard to yeah. get a new CPU. Isn't that insane? And so I, I saw um, a fresh benchmark leak of not even the flagship CPU for Ryzen, the Ryzen 7 5800X, which is like a tier below, that's beating the i9-10900 KBA. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's beating the best CPU over at Intel. It's like AMD's there now. AMD is having the multi-core and the single-core thread performance. Exactly. So exactly. It's, gonna be, it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe a new CPU. <sighs> A new PC build, Donnie. Do you want us to build you a new PC? Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> just, just <laughs> terrible. The Intel thing is interesting to hear you the way you guys talk about them because my understanding was they're probably not chasing this market. Is that fair to say? They used to though. That, yeah, that is their market. Like it literally is their market. When I think of Intel, I think of like big corporation PC towers, like big bulk off the shelf stuff, like everything. Everything my government buys, like on the Windows space, is all Intel based. They would never buy, like an AM, AMD based computer. Well, AMD does a lot of that as well. Um, yeah. So they're they're all in the electronics department. I just think Intel's been ignoring kind of like the advancements of their CPU in general, and right. that and that you know bounces back to not just our gaming PCs, but also their laptops. And like anything, you know, built off of the Intel CPU, um, it's just not gonna. It's not gonna get much faster. It seems like, uh, yeah, 
compared to where AMD's roadmap is. Yep. I mean, I, f- I would say that, you know, Intel still has like the Xeon line, the server-based stuff like on lock. They have that. So like that from a government standpoint, yeah, all of our all of our servers, everything we have is Intel. But it's funny, all of our desktop PCs that I've been procuring for all of our, our city people um, actually have AMD graphics. Like I think that's because they're Intel pre- with AMD. That's because you're no, them. no, no. It's because it's just the better way to go. Like it's just been the better way. So we have a. Um, I'm sure you do too. We have a, a contracted catalog that we put out for everybody, and none of it. It's all Intel based, and it's it's just no, we don't a, have that integrated graphics. We have like mm. pre-agreed to prices with the, you know, with with our provider. Oh. We don't have that. I have to go to bid for everything that we do. It's just ah. a Bakersfield thing. And so basically I go to Dell, I go to Lenovo and be like, look, this is what I want. What do you have that fits these specifics that I need? Sure. And then I go with the best deal that I can get and for what I need for like my engineers to be able to have computers. So yeah. And that makes a lot more sense if you're being that competitive about it. That if you if you yeah. go with a different provider, you might be able to gain a little bit more. Um, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Yeah, we don't have just contracts. It would be a lot easier if we did, but with the way Bakersfield wants to always be competitive and allow local businesses to be able to buy or be able to take on that contract. We get like way, so. i9 computers with integrated graphics for like 250 bucks, I think, a piece. Tell yeah, us. I can't do integrated graphics. I've... <sighs> You can't run AutoCAD with integrated graphics. So I'm like, look, mm. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like my engineers will murder me if I try to give them a PC with integrated graphics. I'm just graphics, thinking so. like our standard, you know, like we have like 30,000 employees. So we buy a lot of PCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have that many. I don't have that many. <laughs> we buy a lot of PCs every like probably three years. Mm-hmm. And like right now we've been doing a lot of replacement. We've had a we lot of replace- stuff die. We replace every computer every three years for 30,000 yeah. people. I wish I could do that. So much really, we have a rotation. Oh, I, that's how our IT department, that's how they handle That's how they do things. We have a rotation. So every year, yeah. certain departments get a refresh of new models. And then every three years, they row through that rotation completely. What do you do? Yeah. Our desktops are five years. Our laptops are three. The county donates a lot of our old ones to like okay. the local boys and girls club. And then we sell a lot of them for parts. <laughs> Yeah, I will. No, we do. We throw ours in a bin downstairs and have them recycled. Yeah, that I mean, we I think we do some of that too. We I know we do a lot of recycling. Like we we definitely we pull, and I only know this because I'm I'm just friends with our shop guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But we, we pull every hard drive, right? Every hard drive. Yeah, we do that. Too. We do that too. Um, yeah, we do that too. But the the to computers and the parts themselves, um, we donate. I think a good portion of them to the boys and girls club, and then then we we sell off other things. I've been trying to do that. I've wanted to do that, but they're like, it's too much paperwork. It's too much of a hassle. We're just going to, we're going to just throw them in the dump. So yeah, we pull the hard drives, we destroy them, but the computers, which are all still for the most part working, they just go in a bin, they go out to our local recycling team and that's it. We get, we get pennies on the, the, the pound. So it makes me sad. Yikes. (laughs) It makes me sad. Not sustainable. No, it's dumb. But yeah, so AMD is basically Cal right now. Mm-hmm. So I want to see looking to build a new PC anytime soon. I, AMD is the is the way you go. Just mm-hmm. go AMD. I, I would have to say that with Nvidia, you know, they still have a well established, you know, 
uh, machine learning department, the DLS mm-hmm. and the ray tracing. They, so if you're going like a Ryzen CPU and an NVIDIA GPU, that's still pro- totally a viable option as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you're also like us, where we do a lot of streaming, well, not Daddy, um, or we're recording podcasts, we're going live, stuff, stuff like that, like the NVIDIA broadcast suite is still really awesome to be able to have that that software green screen where you don't actually need to put up a green screen. It does a fantastic job. The the uh, RTX where it actually gets rid of like all the noise canceling stuff like that is still a very, very awesome little suite of stuff to be able to have mm-hmm. if you're in that realm. So NVIDIA still has a leg up there. Um, and there's also all the rumors that they may actually have, you know, their super line or their TI line of, of uh, GPU. So we may get a 3080 Super or a 3080 TI, which has 20 gigs of RAM opposed to the 10 right now, which then also beat out, you know, it's the even bigger. which has 16. <laughs> My God, the 3080. He's got 3080. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be an exciting time just, you know, with actual competition like they're gonna keep trying this one-up game and it it seems like amd is already working on rdna3 so we may see either a new line or like they may take a page out of into out of nvidia's book and do like a super line of the 6800 series so who knows who knows it's an exciting time for for computer builders um we got all the rgbs corsair has all kind of new stuff Uh, everybody's making water blocks oh it's just the gloriousness of building is, 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 is it's there. It's a lot of fun right now. Now let's see if we can actually buy them. They don't go out. Right. <laughs> they're not. They're not <laughs> That's the other thing. Trying to buy things is really, really difficult. You got to get lucky or go to micro center. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I see people on Twitter. I'm like, how did you get a 3080? Like, how is that possible? I and mean, these are people that have thousands of followers. So I'm like, Okay, maybe you're a little bit of an influencer, but I think you just bought it from the website somehow or from eBay. Yeah, either that or like I said, like I've seen a lot of people who Micro Center happens just apparently is like the place to get all your stuff right now because you can just show up and they keep getting pallets of things. So I've seen lots of people being able to get the graphics cards from Micro Center. Mm-hmm. Our closest one is like two hours away. So. I'm not going to Micro Center. I haven't even heard of Micro Center until like recently. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear about it until I moved out here, which is crazy because there was a micro center like in LA, like there's one out there, and mm. I didn't even know about it until I moved out here. I'm like, what the hell is micro center? What is that? <laughs> I went to Best Buy and I went to Fry's. Yeah, Fry's was another one. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> what is micro center? But apparently, it's the place to be. I mean, that's cool. Do you wanna? If you want one, go camp outside of a micro center. Or just ask them when are your when are your delivery days, and you show up that day, and you might get lucky. Yeah. So that'd be good. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Streaming. It's still there. It's still a thing. People are still streaming video games. It's um, it's happening. Yeah. Sure, Stadia has a lot of a lot of new stuff. They're really trying to make some ways with getting some games and things. Luna well, they made some waves out. this month. They made a lot of waves this month. They made a ripple. They made a ripple. No, I. <laughs> you didn't see the the guy that that said that. Gamers should be buying licenses to stream oh, games. Well, see, that's not that's not necessarily Stadia. No, that's, that's a developer at a name. company. His that's his title, but he's not. Stadia was like trending the day developer. that he said it, and that's the first time Stadia yeah. has trended since his announcement. That's this great. is true. 
I get what you're trying to say and I understand it. (laughs) You just want to poke. But I'm not going to let it go because I'm not wrong. (laughs) What a mess. What a mess. They turned it for all the wrong reasons. It absolutely did. And it it is a shame because they were making, I wouldn't say waves, but, you know, they kept announcing more and more games. They kept, you know, they had like their pro announcements. And then literally after that entire week, he ruined it. With one tweet just, that he then leaned into all day long, he just kept oh, going. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he went all in with that, and it's funny because it, it just sparked this wave of, well, should you be paying a license for this? Should you be paying for a license for that? It's just like, oh god, here we go. It's mm-hmm. just the amount of DMCA takedowns that have happened on YouTube and Twitch over the the, the last like couple of weeks since this. People like, oh well, we need to pay for all of your music. You need to license music. Amazon and Twitch have this this uh soundtrack thing now for Twitch. But apparently they didn't actually license any of that stuff. So there's still it's still like this weird, weird gray area. Mus- musicians, they want their money for their stuff. Yeah. They don't think about the fact that if a Twitch streamer is using my song in their stream or whatnot, that's bringing more eyes to the song that may not have ever heard it. The same way, like if you watch a movie and you, you see a, a song in like the trailer or whatnot, you're like, what is this? Let me go find it. Music needs to kind of get out of this old world thinking and realize that with people, you know, broadcasting your music and things of that nature, like it's going to bring more people to your music. So that's true. Stop trying to fight everybody who's who's streaming just with your song on in the background. Like, stop. Yeah, they. Allow, it, let's move forward. Let's progress. It's it's fighting on that end and also subscription base as well. Like you mm-hmm. know, with Taylor Swift with Spotify, we already have subscriptions, so it's already gone. So at this point, you can only <laughs> benefit by getting your music to more and more people. No, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, I streamed. Tell me why, and they legit muted the part that had music in the beginning, and I'm like. This is a little, come on, like it's in a video game and it's like, I think I'm sure, tell me why I paid for the license for that to, you know, right. get, get that in there. Um, but like, it's, uh, I, I, I don't want to tell, man, it's the same thing that he's talking about. It's people who can make so much money on YouTube and Twitch, but mm-hmm. it's, it's honestly, it's too big of a piece of pie to leave out. That's and true. That, yeah. I'm wondering if they could just like do some type of concerts or whatever, like music demos in Twitch. I think that would bring a lot of eyes to the music community. It seems like it's closed off, at least for me. When I go through Spotify, I look at artists that, you know, I was like, oh, wait, they have new music out? I did not realize that, even though it came out like two months ago. What if, like, they had a platform for themselves to like, hey, we're premiering our album or premiering a couple well, of songs. I think everybody right does. Everybody has a platform. That's that's makes it harder is that with the platforms we have, it's there's so many people doing that. It's just a sea of noise. How do you stand out? Hmm. I mean, if you're an artist who's big enough to have that platform, like Buster Rhymes, Buster Rhymes, for example, he just had an album drop the other day. I had no idea. Yeah. And it is actually quite amazing. But if he would have partnered with somebody, let's say on Twitch or whatnot, who actually would just stream the album or he did it himself. Like you've seen, there have been yeah. some artists like T-Pain has been like all over Twitch. Like you mm-hmm. have some artists that realize the power of that. If you started to have like an actual music scene on Twitch, a lot more people would find a lot more music. And then maybe we could finally have some kind of 
like synergy between the music industries and the streaming of, to be able to bring it all together. The thing that I think, and this is completely off the base of where we're oh supposed God, to be we've, talking we've about, gone way off the rails. The thing that I've always thought about, like, so YouTube, for example, like they demonetize you if you are monetizing something and you're using somebody else's music. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we could come up with a standard like cut where if you mm-hmm. use somebody else's if you use somebody else's music in your video that's monetized and it makes however much money, then the artist gets that money. Call it like 50%. Like I don't even care if it's like <laughs> egregious, even if it's mm-hmm. a lot. It's like it's 50%. Okay. Well, every time if I made $1,000 off of this video and it got seen by, you know, 100 million people, well, then that artist gets 500 bucks or whoever the, whoever owns the royalties of that, right, mm-hmm. that monetization. Somebody's making money off of your music that they're using. So here you have a right to claim a part of that, mo- that, part of that money as opposed to taking yep. it out of the video altogether. Absolutely. Like yeah. I, we, Much we, better solution. we demonetize on YouTube, PSVG as a whole. The reason that I demonetize on YouTube um, is because of that reason. We had several issues where um, whether it was our music or clips of music or anything, that our videos weren't just being demonetized. They were being taken down and stricken. And Mm -hmm. uh, we kept getting – and it just wasn't worth it. Monetization on YouTube, like we're not that big enough that it's even worth it for us. You know, like at best, maybe I'm giving up, I don't know. 50 bucks, 100 bucks a year, something like that. And that's another thing is we don't really put all of our eggs in the YouTube basket like most folks in, in this realm. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was a very easy decision for me. But I've always wondered, like, just just give them the money instead. I don't even care if it was like an egregious amount. Let's say you use Green Day's album in your YouTube video. Well, then Green Day gets 90% of the money you make on that video. Again, totally better than taking the video down or muting it. That's a better yeah. – because yeah. then at least you know, hey, if you put the music in there, you're not going to make any money off of this, right? But, but you right. know it up front, and I, I, I don't understand why they never kind of did something like that instead of what they do. But yeah, it's, it's never really it's neither thing. here nor there. Now, the, the, streaming, the streaming stuff we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit, I actually think that's actually something to consider. Um, mm-hmm. There's a funny thing is – who he is and who he represents, he should have never said anything like that. He's just, I mean, Stadia no. is a streaming service. Like it was just completely right. unabashedly wrong. Had yeah. a gaming journalist said that? Had Jason Trier said it instead? Now I actually think there is something to say there. And the reason being is streaming is big money. We continue to see the 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 rise and the impact that streaming has. In a lot of cases, these very popular streamers making more money than the creators themselves. Yeah. Um, people don't want to hear it. And I do think there's pros and cons on both sides, but legally, I actually think the statement probably has some, some merit. Um, I would not be surprised because streaming rights are typically, I I really don't look at them any different than say TV rights, right? Like if NBC is, is showcasing an NFL game that day, like they're making all the money off of that, but it's a pre agreed to contract with the NFL and there's revenue sharing. I think streaming could very well be the same, especially if it continues to go. I don't think it needs to happen now because I think right now the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I think streaming is giving video gaming more money than they ever yes, had yeah. before. I think that's why revenue is up year over year. Um, but just forecasting in the future, if streaming continues on its pace of being like that, I wouldn't be surprised to see exclusive contracts with certain streamers to stream certain games for an exclusive period of time or 
an exclusive contract that Call of Duty, for example, could only be streamed on Twitch. And maybe that's a deal that Twitch makes mm-hmm. with Activision or something. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happening at all because there's money to be made. And we see in the gaming business, when there's money to be made, people make money. I mean, NBA 2K is freaking putting ads in loading screens. Like, do you, or is it, is it really that crazy to think that they would not want you to stream their game without you paying them for that streaming, uh, paying them a streaming fee or license mm-hmm. it with a specific platform? And I think licensing would be the better way of getting around it because um, it's, it's nicer. I could totally see NBA 2K going streamable only on Twitch. And if you put the, any footage of that game up on YouTube at all, you're instantly hit with a takedown. I could absolutely see that being a thing in the future because uh, there's the money. I, I can s- not forget the multiplayer passes that they tried to institute. Like you, in order yeah. to have multiplayer, you had to have a pass back in the day. Yeah. Like they tried that. So I definitely wouldn't be at all surprised to see. I'd hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Like I really would hate to see it because I think that's the the coolest thing about streaming is it's so organic. It's like felt like For such sure. a like a grassroots thing. But as but we see now, like so many famous people are using it to make money now, and that's yes. where it goes off the board, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not to completely throw a wrench in this subject, but the WWE, for example, have taken over the Twitch channels from all of their talent. So any oh, wow. wrestler, and there are a lot of wrestlers that stream for extra money, and the WWE are basically saying like, "You're doing this on our on our dime." Like people wouldn't be watching you to the degree they're watching you if it wasn't for us making you a TV celebrity and on the thing. And I think they actually have some sort of creative control, um, yeah. marketing, it, media appearance stuff in their contracts where they are allowed to do that. But that's the thing. Like if if AJ Styles is streaming as popular as he is, like. At that point, if he's making money off of NBA 2K, I do kind of feel for 2K at some point like that because it's like maybe they should get a cut of that. It is, it is in fact their game. It is, but then it's also the fact that like I'm bringing an audience to your game who may not have seen it. Now you're getting a sale. So sure, but what are they getting sales? Where is that conversion? That's I the think thing. Look at gaming. I, it's huge. I think right now it's it's balanced to where that we're getting much more PR to yeah. the games now. for streaming now. Yes. Now the the quote saying that people should or people streaming should buy games to play them, that's a ridiculous statement. But like the statement of they legally could do that. Like like the the providers, the the developers is like, hey, you got to pay for our game and, and license and everything to do this. They could legally do that. Yeah. So that's that's the th- and and that's another situation as well. It's like the developers in the end, whether when you're playing a game on stream, you, there's a legal contract there you've signed up for. It's really no different than like um to use the music analogy, like if you're running a, a club or a bar or like you're a DJ business, if you're monetizing off mm-hmm. of playing somebody else's stuff like you have to have a license yeah you have to have yeah. a license it's just a, and it's not expensive you know it's like 80 bucks for an entire catalog of music you can play but you can't just mm-hmm. make money off of other people's creations indefinitely like you have yeah, right. to there is a cut that has to be paid and i do think that principle applies to streaming in some way i don't know which way but in some way i think that applies it's just for now i think it's to the balance of well these streamers are giving me a lot yeah. more publicity right now, so I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, the juice is not worth yeah. the squeeze. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Down the line, though, that may change. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't shock me at all. So with the WWE thing, like 
kind of Chan TV. That that's Asuka. Are they able to take it if they're not streaming under their WWE moniker? That's exactly what they're doing. They're taking all separate channels down and they're forcing talent to stream under their new channel. Now, here's the wow. thing. You could sign over your account to them or you could just disable the account. And most of the talent, especially the ones that like that were really doing good like, like good Xavier stuff. Woods? Well, his stuff is actually already a license to the WWE. He licensed up up down down to them Ooh. a long time ago, I believe. So it, for him it's like a he's like a an outlier. He's like a like this was hmm. he did this before all this stuff happened. So he was like way in advance of this. So that was more like a <laughs> partnership. Um but like Oscar and AJ Styles and Paige and stuff, like they literally have their own communities that they've done themselves. Yeah. Um, I think they are disabling. They're like, we're not giving you anything. <laughs> um, but but their contract does not permit them to make money off of their likenesses while under contract. So the WWE is has the ability to take them down. Damn it, Vince. <laughs> anyway, it's. I mean, I was going to save this for strong style. I don't want to get too into this, but it's like it's a really really strange place because there's a part of me that understands yeah. exactly what they're doing like if you yeah, are I, in, I don't think if it's like any different than like ign or something right if you're giving these people a job and you're promoting them and you you give them an audience because of your platform mm -hmm. and then they go and monetize that audience on their own like there's something to be said there it's kind of like the kind of funny thing and i don't know like there's obviously there's pros and cons to both sides. There's a, there's a tit for tat uh, on this on either way. I'm not defending the WWE or IG and anybody like that, but like, I thought the same thing with kind of funny <clears throat> when they launched and everything. It's like, this is strange because they came to IGN as complete nobodies. IGN gave them the platform to be somebody. And then they took that platform and made their own thing. We quit our jobs. We're yeah, getting like, rid of the yeah, corporate. Not league. only did they do it, they did it in spite of, the people yeah. that gave them the platform for me i guess it's the mindset of uh you, you do your side hustle until it's your main hustle sure like, it's just oh, it's like a, yeah if you look at it like super I, capitalistic and everything like there's nothing wrong it's not a you know wrong it's not a good versus bad but like is there some legal space or is there and i think ultimately what we're at is we're at a crossroads where people are thinking about this in terms of business and i think future like all future contracts stuff like this will be accounted for and I think that's the issue is that the, the time we're in now, we're on the cusp of this. So it wasn't being taken into account for. Right. I think the next time you sign in a, you know, an on-air personality agreement with IGN, there might be some language that's like, you know, you can't defame the company when you leave. You may have like a no, no compete clause for a certain point in time. And yeah, and, and like you may not be able to do, you know, external marketing or whatnot like that if you're not under, you know, if you're not promoting the, the company, then there might be things like that that go into it because the money has gotten to the point now where it's a it's a lucrative venture. Mm -hmm. Taking my talents to South Beach. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's very interesting uh, from a from a it business is, side. It's fun to watch. But we need to get back on track here. So uh, <laughs> Luna, Luna is out in the wild and people are playing. Yes. Luna has happened. It's happened yeah, very yeah. smallly, but it's, you know, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting off the ground. I've uh, watched Chase sit me, um, his podcast co-host, Ashes to Ashes. It's mm -hmm. Ashes to Ashes TV with a number two, Ashes, number two Ashes TV. And uh, he's been streaming it. And I was quite impressed with some of the streams I was watching. He was doing lots of latency demos, looking at the controller, pressing the buttons. Cool. Um, it looks like it's running quite well. I think the video quality obviously is not what you would expect on home console, which is what Stadia was 
trying to pitch and that got them in a, you know, in a bind. And I think Luna was smart to not offer that as a comparison. It's not a replacement for your console. It's a, it's a way to play games if you don't have one or if you just don't mm-hmm, want right. to do that. And uh, so it's an all, it's an alternative, but I was really impressed with it. But I was more impressed the fact that they are getting Uplay Plus now named Ubisoft Plus, or as I've been calling it since the beginning, <laughs> UB <UB+>. Plus. <laughs> we had several wow. people that were like, Donnie, I thought of you the moment they did this. I was like, like this is this should have been the name the whole time. Right. Um, they're getting UB Plus this month. And, That's uh, crazy. And that is crazy. They're getting it before Stadia. Almost a year <laughs> after Stadia announced it was coming, they still don't have it. Luna will get it first. Stadia will get it soon after. So it seems like some sort of agreement deal or whatnot is happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Amazon is taking all of Stadia's mistakes and fixing them, basically. They really are. Amazon yeah. just, they kind of get it. Like, that's the difference. Like, Amazon is a tech company. They just get it in a lot of ways where Google doesn't. Like, Google starts up stuff and just walks away from I, it. I wonder how much Twitch's influence is giving Amazon their kind of mm-hmm. roadmap. Right. Yeah. There's probably some Twitch executives kind of telling them what to do and what not to do. I'd imagine. I imagine they're being at least consulted on these things when they're thinking of how they're going to roll it out, how they're going to market everything. Twitch is like, do this. Don't do that. Don't be you, Amazon. (laughs) Like, Don't do Amazon things. Do Twitch things because it feels very similar. Yeah. I think the biggest leg up for Luna was, isn't it like easier for developers to just port it with the web-based It's platform. not Linux-based. It's Windows-based. Linux. Windows <laughs> so if your game is already running on PC, you can just host It'll it run and run it. it. Yeah. It's just optimized. And thing with like, the catalog thing, the catalog idea here, you pay this month, you get a catalog it's of just, games. Here's the, you play a catalog of games. Here's the subscription I, for that. Like, again, just, I feel validated by that. I've said that forever. You can't piecemeal streaming. People mm-hmm. don't value streaming a game with the box copy of a game. Those aren't the same value. They're different. Mm-hmm. Streaming, that's the whole point of Netflix, is you're renting a library. You're renting a bigger library than you could otherwise afford on your own. That's the whole right. point. So mm-hmm. the moment they were like, hey, we're going to have streaming games and you buy piecemeal, I was like, oof, that's that's rough. Um, I thought the same thing with PlayStation Now that much. You know, like it's just, you know, like you need to have, uh, they were doing like individual rentals on PlayStation Now when it came out. You could really? rent a game oh, for like I think three I days that. or two weeks or 30 days or a year. It's like, yeah. who rents a game for a year? What <laughs> What are you trying to do, PlayStation? This makes no freaking sense. It's the stupidest thing. Um, and, and Nintendo, I think we're about to get there. Um, but yeah. Uplay, I, I think it's crazy. So Luna launches, they're going to get UB+, meaning that they're going to be able to play Valhalla and and Phoenix Rising and everything for five ninety nine a month plus the plus the Ubisoft and the Ubisoft I'm really excited about because they are actually doing what I never expected them to do but I always wanted them to do. These streaming services are basically just an extension of their PC subscription. Yeah. So as I understand it, you just subscribe to UB Plus and you can stream it on this platform you signed up for, or you can go to your PC and download the game and play it because you oh, still. A UB Plus subscriber. And it's all cross progression. It's all cross progression. That's the best. Isn't it? Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it for us, for the PC gamer. That is the best sell on streaming for any service, stadium, whatever. That's the best sell on streaming I've I've seen to date. Yes. 
Because yeah. now Again, you could play you Valhalla <laughs> in your Super 3080 or whatnot, but if you go away or you're on remote or you're traveling, now you actually have an option. You could subscribe for a month, pull it down on your PC, stream it, and then go back to your PC and pick up where you left off. Yep. You know, it's an alternative, not not the way. That's really, yeah. really and You don't cool. have to lose progress. You're just able to just jump in, yep. keep mm-hmm. playing. Or if you didn't want to play your PC, maybe you wanted to play on your TV in your room or something like that convenience factor. And at the Mm -hmm. price that they're selling it for, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um, Absolutely. It does seem like there will be an add-on. Ubisoft mentions that quite a bit. I think they're in their their little bi-language. I I jumped on a podcast with Chase and we kind of talked about it. In their language, Mm -hmm. they talk about how like a cloud fee could be implemented later. So I I think it will be like some sort of Game Pass Ultimate before... You know, it's all said and done. I think right now mm-hmm. it's $14.99 a month, but I think we'll see something like 20 or $24.99 a month where now you can stream it. So, like, they have the base, you know, mm. you have the base PC Ubisoft Plus, and then you have the ultimate Ubisoft Plus whatever. Yeah. Which you makes... remember, like, those games are all the ultimate versions of the game, too. So, yep. you get all the DLC. DLC. You don't have to buy any any additional, like, add-ons. Like, you you just get all of that. Like, it's it's a really, really, really... Good looking deal. So like, the, the, the question then becomes: Does this make sense for console, or does this does this hurt their their aspirations on console too much? That's a tough tough call. Because if you then extend it out to console, then you cannibalize all of those sales. Because why would I pay sixty bucks for you know Watch Dogs when I can just pay the fifteen and I can play it everywhere? Right, but if you're like, only launching two games a year. You announce six games a year, but you actually only launch two and you just keep delaying the other four, <laughs> then you are potentially getting more money annually from somebody yeah. at $15 than you are from the two games that you're launching. I True. think the subscription-based models are proving that, you know, it's it's working with Game Pass, EA Play. I I, I could see this being extended yeah. to console. So totally. the Ubisoft Plus, by essentially just connecting to accounts and greenlighting you for PC... That gives me a lot of hope that I think you could see an announcement or a deal made with, with Game Pass. Yeah, you I could. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, and maybe it's a different tier, but I wouldn't I would, be surprised yeah. at all if there's a Game Pass tier that includes Ubisoft or like a, a pack-in or you know, a, a, an the add-on. The same way they do with EA. Yeah, an add-on. Well, yeah, see, so EA is just built into it. I don't know if it's just built, built into it. But yeah. So you have your UB, UB Plus. Yeah. You pay an additional $5, and now you've added on the ability to play into yep. Game Pass. You add another $5, you're able to play on a PS Now. You add another $5, you're able to play here. Another $5, you're able to play through the Nintendo Cloud or whatnot. I mean, what I is, think that... What is, what is the Xbox of just another PC tower? I mean, it really, it's it's no mm-hmm. different than you downloading the game on your PC, PC tower, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It definitely makes sense to be able to, to, to go this route and kind of bring everything together because now it's it's like it's like channels. It's like subscribing to a channel. So now you have the Ubisoft channel on all of your devices. You you pay the subscription fee a month or whatnot, and then you get it. It just makes me wonder, like, then you got to stop delaying games. <laughs> if I'm paying constantly, like every month for this content, but I'm not getting any new content, I wonder how many people then just turn off the subscription for that time and then wait. Because if I've already beat Watch Dogs and I've beat Valhalla and I'm not looking to go back in the back catalog, do I need to keep the subscription when you've delayed Far Cry 6 and you've delayed Rainbow Six Siege? Mm-hmm. Like, 
And with Rainbow Six Siege also already being in Game Pass, like I wonder, like there's a lot of things that need to to change and 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 progress to, to I think to make it where you you eventually add this as a subscription tier to like a Game Pass Ultimate or something like that. You've added the Ubisoft tier. Yeah. So you definitely need enough content for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ubisoft has enough content. It's just a matter of do you want to play all the old stuff or do you want to wait for the new stuff? I'm imagining that a big issue, not an issue, a big debating point here is do we launch our own Ubisoft Connect on mm-hmm. these other consoles or do we tie into what they're doing with Game Pass and PlayStation Now? And yeah. they're probably weighing the pros and the cons of that. Mm-hmm. And there's probably yeah. some negotiating that's being done on both sides. And it's like, yeah. hey, like we could join Game Pass and we could help boon your platform and we can take advantage of the customers you already have. Um, or we could launch our own thing and we could still get $15 a month and make more money. Like there's a, there's a mix there, but the fact that they connected these services to cloud that also tie to your PC and let you play gives me hope. I never expected them to do that, to be honest with you. I never thought they would go that far. Um, the fact that they did, I was like, this is a, it's pretty major development. Yeah. I'm excited to see what comes of it. EA has already put their foot in it. So let's see what you play plus does. Yeah. Or whatever that was called. GB Plus, Ubisoft Plus, Connect, whatever. And then Nintendo has officially joined into the cloud wars in the sense that they have uh, launched the Control cloud version and they have announced the Hitman 3 cloud version coming soon to Nintendo Switch. Uh, I've played the Control demo. I have. What about you, Dev? No. You've you got to try it out. A Switch. I, I have I have control. I don't need I don't want to play it on the switch. Like just why? Just to see how it is. It's it's I don't really need just like a short trial. Eh. Um <laughs> they're working with a company called Ubitus. Ubitus? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's they're they're in Japan. This is the same provider that did the cloud versions of Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And um it's interesting because they are not doing the subscription thing. They're selling the game to you as if it's a game. It's yep. on the eShop. You're just buying the game. It's just the cloud version of the game. And I have a lot of thoughts to say on this. So do you just want me to go or do you guys want to yeah, jump man. in here? You go, go because my thoughts are I don't care because it's Ooh. the Switch. I have, a, <laughs> I, have, I got a lot of things to say about this, and it's interesting. The first thing that I have to say is I, I don't know – if they're ready to make this a pillar of the platform. So my, a lot of my thoughts are probably like way too far down the road. However, I've said for the long time, the company that has the most to gain from streaming is Nintendo. And it's because of the hardware and the, and the delivery method mm-hmm. in which they provide games. Um, they have the most to, to gain from streaming. I think this could be like, if Donnie was running Nintendo, I would use this as a way to continue to support the switch as I launch newer models newer mm-hmm. better models so we've had a long rumors of switch pros upgraded switches coming i would use the cloud to continue to support the switch light that we have the switch as i launch better consoles that can do more games natively and it would be amazing if they could actually get to the point where every game was hosted in their cloud so you could stream it if that's all your device could do but you could also play it natively if that's what your device could do. I think that would be utopia for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You can't run control natively yet, 
but let's say the Switch Pro or the Switch Pro 2 or the Switch Pro New Plus in 2025, like if they keep <laughs> doing the Switch thing where every three or four years they just bring you a better and better Switch, and let's say they do like a Shield TV, you know, type thing where they have like a little console that can do super sampling and 4K and, you know, like just like the Shield TV can, maybe some of these games that are only in cloud now maybe come natively down the road. But if you've already bought the game, you can just download it and keep playing because it's a tie to your account. Mm-hmm. There's a place here for Nintendo. And I, I already can, I already hear myself sounding like a Homer, but it's just, it's because they're different, right? It's because they're different. It's because Nintendo's portable, you know, hybrid console type thing makes mm-hmm. case for this. It's no different than tablets. I'm not really making a, an exclusive case for a Nintendo as much as I'm taking the mobile strategy that we have from Apple and applying it to Nintendo. If the cloud works, and I mean, I played Control for the five minutes that you're allowed to play it, it worked. It didn't look great. It was compressed, mm-hmm. but it looked a hell of a lot better than Control would if you ported it by far. There's a or, lot or- of like games like there's a lot of watch. games on switch now that's like just stream it just for the love of god just stream it you're ruining the game by trying to make by the concessions that you have to make to run on this hardware to basically run on a cell phone and uh, not even a not even an up-to-date cell phone <laughs> you know not even a current <laughs> cell phone an older cell phone um they're just too great so stream it um but if you could make this a part of your platform then i think there's a place here and I, I'm going to kind of throw this out here because I think I actually think this is smart. I think it's a good idea on my half. Just like the Switch unified Nintendo across portable and console markets, I think a, a cloud solution like this, if they could host their entire environment like that, could actually unify Nintendo customers across hardware and the cloud. And I think you could have a situation where like, hey, you buy the new Switch and it can run these games. It can run Doom Eternal locally. Hey, you've got the old Switch. You don't have to upgrade. You can stream it and you can play Doom Eternal on the stream. Hey, you don't have a Switch. You can download the app, the Nintendo app on your phone and you can buy Control for $40 and you can play that way with a, with a controller. Um, but it's all tied to the same account. It's all the same store. I think there's a place there where that's, I think that's possible. Do I think mm-hmm. Nintendo's going to do it? Hell no. No. No, no, no. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do think it's possible. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are testing the market with this. If this is kind of like a, just like a, like a, you know, they're dipping their toe. Like, does this work? Does this work for us? Does this work for our customers? Do mm-hmm. our customers actually want this? Um, and, and I, I, I like, if, especially if they're going to keep iterating on the same hardware. Like, if they're going to go the Apple route and the Switch is just what Nintendo does now, I actually mm-hmm. think a solution like this is necessary. Because at some point, you're going to have to leave people behind. But as long as you have a solution like this, you don't. You can always kind of have them there. And, and it's also kind of like every step they take towards that mm-hmm. is a step they're taking towards their own future. Like what I have often said on this show and the other shows I'm on, inevitable. It's inevitable that we're going to get to cloud streaming at some point. Um, it's just there's so many benefits to the provider it's not benefits for us there's so yeah. many benefits to the provider um for for streaming but. a lot of benefits to us as well especially we could just keep our old hardware true right yeah. um if you're like okay you're not going to pay whatever amount of money for the next model you could just you know do this cloud version and if you think it's fine well well there you go um i i agree with donnie in a sense of like the impression from control the enhanced performance mode 
Um, that's probably the pl- the best cloud version type of thing I've ever played. I played the visuals uh, version. It has ray tracing. I it didn't really show on my monitor that much in the in the. I didn't recognize it either. I saw a YouTube video that pointed it out to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, There's and the frame ray done. tracing and control on Switch. I didn't realize it, but sure. Yeah, you you wouldn't see on my 1080p monitor, but like the I think they were shooting for 720p 60 frames on the performance mode, and I'm like, this feels I I dare I say it's like on par with the Xbox One because the Xbox One is a 30 frames per second you know game version. It's like mm-hmm. well, and with motion blur too, this it, it looks fantastic. So I think this is totally a viable option for people that don't have consoles or they have a low grade pc and just have the switch is like this is a totally good way to do to play this game and my business model just to, I, I just saw chase here and i just wanted to make sure that I, I i was real clear on this the reason that i think it works for nintendo where it currently doesn't work for uh google is nintendo is not pushing the cloud as the only primary way to play yeah. that's the alternative way to play you can mm-hmm. play it natively if you buy the hardware that can do so so it's kind of like a Nintendo could sit in the middle here and kind of have their cake and eat it too. And I think they could push mobile in a way that they've never pushed mobile before. If they had a cloud app, it's like, Hey, you can log in here. It's the eShop. It's your Nintendo account. And you can buy games from us that you can play on your phone for $40 a piece. That's exactly where Nintendo wants to be. They don't want to do a subscription. They don't want to do an a la carte. They, that's not where they want to be. Their value mm-hmm. is their software. But here's the thing. Their software is valuable enough that people would buy them. T- people Absolutely. would totally download a Nintendo app and buy Super Mario Bros. U and stream it on their phone for $60. How crazy is that to say? But we know that's true. Well, mm-hmm. We know yep. that, that they exactly crazy would Nintendo do that. People. They, would, they would exactly do that. And if then, if you bought a Switch, then you could just download it and keep playing it because it's all the account. And I think that's the important part with with to note with this beta is that it's it's integrated into the eShop. It is your account. You're buying a cloud version, but you're buying the game. So it doesn't have to be the cloud version. Like it could be a download version if the console could run it, um, but they can't. So right now it's just a cloud version. Yeah. I think it's going to gear towards more of the AAA games or third-party AAA games that you cannot just play on the console. I'm not sure about this alternative model. In the, so that with the app, I just feel like Nintendo is not going to invest into mobile that much. You see the Nintendo app now, and it's like just a barren landscape. Like no one uses voice chat. No one. I, like I could see a future with cloud gaming with the phone, but like I would. If that's the case, I would rather just play on my Switch handheld. Of course, but how many people don't? See, that's that's the point of the cloud. It's it's not that you. It's not that we we would always rather play locally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we are. The K's, the P's, the flops. You'll never have that performance better than you have it natively. Like we're always going to be mm-hmm. the way. But how many people don't have a Switch? We look at sixty million. And we're like, hey, that's a lot of switches. But that's minuscule. Mm-hmm. That's minuscule in what could be. And that's the power of cloud. That's the that's the the goal of cloud. That's what you're trying to do is you're trying to reach the people that don't want to buy a switch, but still love Nintendo and love the property. Mm, I, I feel like people who love the property has a switch. Oh, I can the 100% is, guarantee you that there are more than 60 million people that love Mario. <laughs> does that work here in the States? I feel like Not this yet. is would be huge in a place like, you know, Japan where they actually have a good internet infrastructure. Yep. They have great mobile 
Here is a totally different not story. It's not yet. But, you know, uh, we were talking about the Switch programmers that were, you know, Nintendo telling folks to have their games 4K ready. Is it possible that the, 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 next, the next Switch Pro bends the gap here where they have a 4K capable display and a better Wi-Fi connection built into the Switch, but it's based primarily off of streaming? I could see. Oh no, not streaming 4K. That's that's probably. You our, see, our, it's. I don't think it's in the car. Infrastructure here for internet just doesn't support it. Like on a global on a on a national scale enough for that to be viable. Right. And again, that's why I say, does that work here? I just I don't. It think doesn't it work does. yet. It does work in some places. Yeah. It does in some places in sure. very few places. Under certain conditions. No, I get States. that part of it. I, <laughs> and that's I'm, why I think that it's just, yeah. I mean, future, yeah. If we finally ever, you know, fix the internet infrastructure here in the States, it definitely would make sense. I just, I don't know how realistic that is anytime soon. I think it's more realistic than the game, than the Switch running 4K games on its on its own. I, I see it, you know, they're contracting with this company and like, I, again, I've never heard of this company and I was like, okay, well, about this company compared to Microsoft, I imagine Microsoft would have this capability probably shorter, faster. I can imagine like a, you know, like a Microsoft stick or, or something like that, that can have four, I think they'll, they'll be the first or, or, you know, Stadia, you know, they're trying, but like having that 4k capable streaming Nintendo though. I don't Nintendo fans don't really care about the 4K, you know, type yeah, of true. thing. And that's why so, the uh, solution that they have now is pretty good because the latency was yeah. good. The video the quality is fine. Yeah, the video quality wasn't great, but it's totally fine enough to play. I mean, you were playing control. It's, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like it didn't look ugly or it didn't look compromised in a way. It just looked like a like a standard version, you know, mm-hmm. of control, standard def. Um and you're right, Nintendo folks don't care. A lot of Nintendo folks, they love to say that, right? They bring it up all the time. You find yourself a Nintendo enthusiast, a core Nintendo customer. Rebecca. I don't care about 4K. I don't care about all that. Like, that's the Nintendo way. Nintendo has conditioned them to do that. So the streaming mm-hmm. is more than good enough for them. Like, they're yeah, happy just sure. to be able to play the game. I do want to mention that it's going to be, you know, we've had good experiences with the streaming with the cloud version with Control. Uh, I saw... One person in the Discord, Tom Servo, I think, um, he did not have a great time with the cloud version with Switch. So, it, again, it's always depending on your internet infrastructure, how close you are with your antenna. That's the part that and, I hate about it. And the location of the mm-hmm. U.S. and mm-hmm. all that. Um, so, just be cautious when you, you know, jumping, leaping forward, buying these cloud version of games, test it out. Do They're the there to test first. it out. Yeah. Yes, for Do sure. The demo, this sure is why I'm not even looking forward to trying it because... For some reason, with my the way my internet is, I don't know what it is. Like Luna couldn't play it; it was just way Weird. too laggy. Didn't you work just with Stadia though? Didn't Stadia work? Stadia worked better, but it worked in the browser. Like I never actually used like there was no app or anything on PC for it. So okay. in the browser, it worked fine. Luna is actually a program itself; it doesn't play in the browser um, unless you have an iFail device, which I don't own, so I couldn't play it that way. I could only play it on my PC. Um, and it was just super laggy. And I imagine that if I use control, it'll probably be similar unless I'm like right. I will admit like doing finite just, controls, yeah. like aiming down the mm-hmm. sights wasn't, um, didn't feel 
like a good experience either. Like I would never. That want would to, drive me insane. I would never want to play Call of Duty that way. It wasn't like latency mm-hmm. just didn't feel one to one. You feel like yeah. you're overcorrecting. You know, I, I go left and go too far left. I try to correct and go too far right. Oh yeah, no. See that I precision would lose my mind. felt like it was lost. No, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. Like after, especially after playing Control on PC, oh, to yeah. then try to do that, it would. It would. It would just. It would make me want to throw my Switch probably. And my kids would hate me if I did that because they love playing their Switch. That's their console. <laughs> it's okay because Switch people, they, they don't care much about that precise accuracy. No. But here's the thing also, Switch people don't care much about control either. That, that's also true. true. <laughs> so then does it even matter? Like, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case for Like with, I think it's really odd that Control and Hitman hit. Whereas we know that Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Resident Evil 7 are playable. Like, why not lead with those first? Those would have made yeah. more. Is it sense. trying to draw in that audience? Is that like their 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 thing that they're right, trying to draw in the audience? You're trying to, to draw in a typically? core audience. Still, my point still rings true. Odyssey and Resident Evil Seven make more sense than Hitman Three. Odyssey Control. makes so much sense on, yeah. on a Nintendo fan base. Yep, Resident well, Evil. That's what I'm saying. Nintendo has they're a history with Resident draw, Evil. Yeah, yeah. This is the first not, Hitman game. Uh, ever to hit switch and it's hit that was the weird thing yeah where nintendo has a long connection in history with capcom and resident evil it's not just a playstation franchise it launched with gamecube (laughs) it's been on 3ds are they trying to draw in a different audience with these games like the people are going to be there regardless if you do this or not sure you know are they trying to draw in somebody who typically may not play a Switch by saying, hey... I don't think anybody's going to buy a Switch because it has hey, a cloud version of Control. I'm saying, you're, you're on you're the right. fence. You're like, you're right. I don't want to get a Switch. Maybe I will. Oh, wait, I can play but Control. But the person that cares about Maybe those things, they already have another console to play those exactly. things Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. So this may you know, get them to actually jump online and get a Switch for portable Maybe. For on the go. And then be able to play those games. So I'm like wondering if this is like a play at trying to get people who are on the fence who already have another console to go ahead and get the Switch. I personally still think Assassin's Creed does more for that argument than these two games. Than Hitman. Like it's just a bigger I, game. It's just a much, much bigger franchise with much more global appeal. Yeah, different. I'm just thinking of it as just a different game. Like sure. Mm-hmm. A different mm-hmm. like, like shooter. Like you just don't you don't they're have newer games. I think I mean for you, I mean they're newer. These are newer games yeah. than those. Like those games have been out for several years at this point, but it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. I'm happy to see it. I hope we see more of it. I hope we see a lot more of it, but um, I think it's going to be amazing. Garrett, I'll go ahead and make this prediction. When we hear the Doom Eternal cloud version announced. Oh, instead of the <laughs> Switch Pro exclusive base native on the pro version I and still, then the cloud version. I'm going to be, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat my words when I see it, but I don't see how doom eternal runs on a switch. I just don't see it. I do. Do you re- doom eternal is going to look like Minecraft most highly <laughs> optimized games out there. Like it runs just extremely well on everything. So right, I wouldn't but those be things that it runs extremely well on are so far more superior than switch hardware. I just think they're good at optimizing for hardware. So I think that they'll find a way to they're actually make it run the Switch. Especially if it's streaming. They're going to have, well, no, no. If it's streaming, absolutely. But they announced Doom Eternal native for Switch. And if that's still a case, they're going to have to cut the absolute hell out of it. Just turn it into the original Doom. Because Doom, yeah, because Doom <laughs> Eternal much. is like, that's the thing I've been trying to say on Shaq for months. Doom Eternal is so much more than Doom 2016 was in design. Mm-hmm. 
like CPU intensive, not just graphics. Right. Forget about the graphics. You you can tone down the graphics, and they're going to have to. They're going to have to bring this thing down to 540p to get a, a mm-hmm. chance of running. But the geometry, the environment, the enemies, the speed at which they behave and maneuver, like and maneuver, the way that they have processes, the verticality of the environments, the platforming, it's so much grander. It's like on a whole separate level uh, than, mm-hmm. than what they've done. And, and I hope they pull it off. I really do. I'd love to tell everybody I was completely wrong. Um, Doom Eternal Classic. But yeah, classic Doom edition. Eternal, Doom, Doom Eternal, classic Doom Eternal, Demastered, Demastered. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> <sighs> uh, fun times. Yeah, we'll see if it happens. All right, so let's get into this final discussion piece. Ray tracing is mm. it, is it the real deal? Are we still a ways off? Is it really going to be a thing on the consoles, or is it just? kind of a gimmick right now Mm. we've seen a lot of stuff we've seen a lot of stuff on ray tracing nvidia has been pushing it since their last iteration of consoles as being like the next big thing in gaming um it you know the 20 series kind of kind of got you there you still can't play like it ultra like it's really a 30 frames per second thing um we've seen them make great strides with dlss and being able to implement Mm -hmm. ray tracing and not sacrifice so much performance um, and now we're getting ray tracing on the consoles. Um, but every ray tracing mode we've seen has also been at 30. 30 frames per second, which leads you to believe that it's still not quite there. It is something that takes a huge performance hit yep. when we're looking at these consoles to actually be like the performance bump. Um, so, you know, is it worth the trade off? Um, have, you know, the rasterized lighting, the the old lighting techniques that we've had, the possibility of this Lumens engine with Unreal 5 around the corner. Do we need ray tracing? Is it is it really the thing that's going to propel gaming into, you know, the future? Is it something that's still just, you know, kind of a gimmick? Or is it here to stay? I, I love the way that you, I love that you set up the thing as, as if it's a gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it's a gimmick. Ray tracing is real, and we do need it in the sense that ray tracing offers an automatic um, light and sound adaptation. Mm -hmm. It's not just light. It could be sound. And for audio purposes, it's great. The promise of ray tracing is that you no longer have to manually create light and manipulate it through an environment. You could just turn it on, right? You can implement it in your engine, turn it on, and it will automatically adapt to the geometry and everything you put in. Mm -hmm. Saves time. So that's the thing. Everybody's got to quit looking at how shiny it is and think about what its its purpose is to cut development cost. Yeah. That's the purpose of ray tracing. That's why it's important. The problem is, and I think we saw this, we've seen several examples of this. We've seen it proven over and over again, is the performance cost that it takes to do so. Yeah, so it's the performance cost. The performance cost of pulling off this technique is great at the moment to the point where the 2060 and the 2080 and the 2080 ti still can't run ray tracing at really Mm -hmm. 30 frames a second or higher and that's important because digital foundry and several other tech analysts kind of benchmark our current batch of consoles in that ballpark Mm -hmm. the ps5's gpu is really getting put as 2060 ish in realm and the xbox's gpu is being put in 2080 ish realm and so if you're trying to carry that benchmark over from pc then you have to suspect that maybe these gpus cannot pull off ray tracing um, at any higher level and then you look at Mm -hmm. the new console or the new graphics cards or just look at pc in general 
first and foremost, they had a whole lot of ray tracing examples out there. It's a small batch of games that even implement ray tracing. Yeah, very small right now. Yes. And then the mm-hmm. ones that do it mainly do it at 30 frames per second, with the exception mm-hmm. of DLS- DLSS. Mm-hmm, if cool. you can upscale it, then you can render the game at a much lower setting and you can implement better ray tracing and then scale it up. That seems to be the way to do it. Um, and that's interesting because you do see some examples where the video looks better um, after this yeah. DLSS tech. But how how applicable is that to every developer? How much is every developer going to adopt that that style of, of development and doing that for right. all of their games? And how applicable is that across consoles and across PCs and all the different specs that they have to support versus what they already have? And I only looked yep. to the Xbox Hot Chips presentation where they said a lot of developers aren't sold on ray tracing that they see that they don't see the performance costs beating what they're already doing. We see some really good lighting systems in games already without ray tracing. Um, and I, I just wonder, cause it's like, I, I believe, I believe in ray tracing. I've seen examples of it where I think it's good. Do I think it's blow me away? I've never seen a game look this good. No, I've never seen that. I've never seen ray tracing to the level where I'm like, I couldn't live without it. It's so much better. And that's why I make jokes in our discord. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mostly meant in truth. Like I'm more excited for Dolby vision than I am for ray tracing because Dolby vision to me in the example that I've seen it in turned on a game, made the game look different. Like this is a whole different way to play the game. Like this is, this is, I don't want to say like next gen, but yeah, it's, this is better. This is better than what we currently have. Ray tracing is shinier, but if you're moving quickly, like if you're driving through an environment or swinging through an environment, I don't think how many people are going to notice ray tracing. I watched the ray tracing demo with watchdogs and like, Mm -hmm. you have to like really pay attention to what it is. You have to be looking at the windows to see the reflection off the apartment building. And in most cases, you're not. Windows, the wet ground. Yeah. Most of the times you're not, you're focused on the character. Water. Yeah. You got to look for it. So for me, is it worth the trade off? No, I am never going to trade 4k 60 for ray tracing ever. The only time that I will ever do it is in a slower pace game. Uh, I bought Observer Redux for for next gen, and it has ray tracing. That's a slow little, you know, walking narrative horror mm-hmm. game. I want ray tracing with that because the atmosphere is going to be cool. I, that, that's the reason why I bought it. I want to see it. I'm not going to trade 60 frames in a game that I'm actually, you know, doing intensive combat in, like Assassin's Creed or mm-hmm. Call of Duty for yeah. ray tracing. I just don't see the, the the trade-off being worth it. I'm glad that we have the option, though, because some people, they just want to see things as pretty as possible. And I really like ray tracing, but I also want to say that sometimes I think it can be overdone. It can, like, too shiny at times. It's like you've seen – I saw some Battlefield. Uh, Battlefield. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just like oh. – It just looks like everything's just soaked in rain. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if you if you do it right, the reflections that you get in windows, the reflections you get in the ground and the puddles when there's water on the floor, it looks really, really nice. But again, like you said, when in motion, you're not really going to be noticing that. If I'm in the middle of a fight, am I going to notice my reflection in the dude's visor? No. We I'm make just fun not. of gamers all the time about not turning on game mode, can't tell the difference between 1080p and 4K. I Do you think it. anybody can actually tell the difference between ray tracing? Like, I only present that Watch Dogs demo. You give that to your normal standard person that doesn't know what DLSS or ray tracing is, and you tell them to spot the difference, and I would be surprised if they could. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the games are going to, like, when you first start them up, is it going to, you're going to have to go into the settings and turn on performance mode, or is it automatically going to be? There's going to be a default mode. And I'm wondering how many people are just not even going to bother. They're not even going to notice. They're mm-hmm. just going to be playing the Ray Trace version, and it's going to look great. Like, I'm just wondering if people will ever even really go into the options and be like, nah, I'm going to turn it for us outside of like us, you know? Yeah. I've painted it out in our discord quite a bit, but for the listeners of game tech that maybe didn't follow digital foundry has a whole breakdown on the, the ray tracing effect that they put into Spider-Man, the remaster. Mm -hmm. And I I would suggest you go read the article. Don't go watch the video, go read the article because there's a, a very detailed look at the, um, basically the rendering budget that they have to implement ray tracing. Mm-hmm. It's not a power issue. And I think that's the disconnect between I see a lot of ray tracing like console wars. There's a lot of ray tracing tweets being thrown at each other on Twitter. Go mm-hmm. read that article because it's not about power. It's not about the GPU. Like the GPU is capable of doing ray tracing. It's how fast you have to render a scene to keep a steady 30 frames per second. And then when you add ray tracing to that, how much of that budget goes out the window? And that's mm-hmm. why in that game, we see the ray tracing, the reflections we have, the reflections are like 900p and mm-hmm. they're missing detail. And like, it's just really, really cut back. And the problem is they can't render it fast enough. It's, it's mm-hmm. like we're a generation away. And I think we're still a generation away with a 3080 with the exception that, yeah, you can downscale the game and then put it in there and then upscale it back up. But mm-hmm. are we, how far away from, are we from a native 4K60 ray tracing on a modern AAA game? We're a long way away. I think we're further than the 3080 away. So I saw a Digital Foundry video comparing the 2080 Ti and the 3080 ray tracing in-depth analysis. Now, again, they're optimizing settings in PC games and they're doing everything they can to get to this point. But they have done in some games like uh, Metro Exodus where they do ultra high settings, native 4K, six, slightly over 60 frames per second on on higher. And then there's different tiers of ray tracing too, right? And there's I, high I was going to say that tracing. was my next thing is, then what's the equivalent of the ray tracing? Is it a full fidelity right. mm-hmm. 4K implementation or is it just on some puddles at a lower quality? Because yeah, and, and that was the point I made with Dev, I think about a month ago, we were talking about this. I think we will have examples of ray tracing. I yes. think we will see examples of ray tracing in certain scenes and certain cut scenes, maybe in a certain specific environment, but a, from a full implementation, a 4k, um, automatic, you know, we mm-hmm. used ray tracing as our lighting and sound engine. I just think we're a lot further away than people are wanting to say. And I think it's been exasperated yeah. by these companies marketing because this is a yeah. thing that they keep saying right ray tracing ray tracing ray tracing and um i just I feel like it's a little further off than people are expecting at, at least a generation away yeah the for breakdown of miles morales like the full breakdown of df from uh, from miles morales because some of the stuff that i've seen in that game like the reflections in that one look so much better than they'd look in the original spider-man like the trailer we saw with that with the original spider-man with the super low res the stuff in miles morales like there's a scene where he walks into the bodega and the reflection on the door is just it's immaculate Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. Um, and then also like this latest video they I put out. I think those set pieces are where the they are. Those set pieces are the moments where they're, they're trying to make a demonstration of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I just can't wait. And like the, the, the one they put out recently for the, for the suit from uh, spider verse, when he hops on the perch, 
and this is like fully in game like you can see the reflection of him in one of the glass panes and it just looks really good i was like shocked but again i had to look for that like that stuff you have to look for that you won't you wouldn't normally notice mm -hmm. if you're just playing i was just looking for it like just to see and i had to i paused the video to look and like check all that stuff out but in in your general just gameplay you're not really gonna notice it at all i don't think i, I just Yep. It'll be great for photo mode. Like we're going to see some absolutely stunning game photography. Yeah. Oh my God. The game photography is going to be incredible. You might be right. Actually, but that might be the, the biggest application might be photo mode. It's photo mode. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The game photography with, with ray tracing turned on is going to be phenomenal. Um, but from just a, a standard gameplay like you don't you don't want to sacrifice that performance when you can have a great performing game at mm -hmm. a full 60 frames per second you're not going to notice that the the ground is a little less like reflective when it's wet you're not going to notice that your reflection in the window as you zoom by it wasn't immaculate like you just you're not going to notice a lot of that stuff some of the slow pace or slower pace walking sim stuff like that i think yeah that that'll be indie great games cartoon right. games yeah i think we're mm -hmm. gonna see a mm -hmm. lot of that's where i think we'll see the majority of this type of implementation go give me streets of rage with ray tracing oh nice all the neon the have clone. you seen have you seen minecraft ray tracing yeah. like it looks <laughs> it looks really good yeah absolutely and so it's just and I think we'll see. even in that implementation, I believe the last time I checked the benchmarks in that one, they had to run it like 1440p to get to like 50 frames a second. They still couldn't yeah. get to 60. Yeah, they were. And that's Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. And they actually did it with the 3080 um, ray tracing comparison with the 2080 Ti. And they, they got it up above 60 frames for that too. So again, yes, yeah, set examples. I'm excited for developers to get their hands on ray tracing, get their feet wet with right. it. Um, I, I, it's only going to get better with the, like, you know, unreal engine. Is it four now? Is it, the, five. is that the five, five is the next one. Yeah. Um, I, I hope, you know, whatever AMD's thing is, because we still don't know what sure. their actual machine. And these are like, AMD based. Board, ray tracing. Yeah. So that's exactly. going to matter more know what than what NVIDIA is doing anyway. Exactly. Yeah. We're know. just, we're really just in the beginning of this. Like that's, yep. that's the other thing. Ray tracing has been around for a couple of years, but not really, you know? Yep. So we're really at the, the, the beginning stages of what it can do, especially on console with AMD's first real go at it. And a lot of people think that Nvidia, you know, created ray tracing. No, it's just a mathematical equation. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Basically it's can it your is, compute, yeah. can, can your GPU do the math? That That's really what it boils down to. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see a lot of the breakdowns and once the developers really start to wrap their wrap their, their their tool set around being able to have ray tracing in games what it actually looks like in year three of For the sure. console yeah and maybe like, we crack that dlss code or somebody comes up with some sort of efficiency thing that that kind of makes it more attainable that's why i yeah. i think there's a reason to suggest that I, i'm slightly i might be slightly more excited for the lumen tech the fact that when they mm -hmm. demonstrated that they talked about how it's like a a toggle and it's a plugin that you just mm -hmm. add into your game code. And now you have yeah. refract, you know, light demos and they showed it <laughs> throughout the game and they didn't have everything react to the light and everything that you're pushing off. I mean, it's basically doing the same thing without the cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be a real interesting to see what that looks like when they fully realize unreal five and an unreal in that demo already has such a big footprint in development. Mm -hmm. So many people already use the engine. How many, how many developers are going to be like, nah, we're going to, we're going to sit here and work on this ray tracing thing when it's like when Lumen's like right. you could just press the button. Yeah. 
Maybe we'll get them working both in tangent, and it'll be even better. Be even better. The ray, tra- the ray tracing will be ray traced. You're, you're going to bounce Dolby 30 vision. times. Yes. <laughs> There's going to be like four or five dimensions in there. <laughs> it's be oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Gentlemen, we are only days away from yeah. this shit. I'm super excited. Like I can't wait days? to see all of you guys' coverage for your Ten stupid days. Xbox. Um, I will be day one on the PS5. I'm going to maybe do an unboxing video. Maybe even set up all the consoles next to because I have everything from the original PS1 all the way to the PS5, so I'll probably set them all side That's by gonna side. That's going to take a big-ass table. You need a it's big take PS5. No, a I'm going to use the PS5 anyway. as a table. That's, I'm going to use the PS5 that, as a table and put the other consoles on top of it. That makes sense. That damn thing is so big. It's so big. So I mean, large. It's as big as my... I can't wait to see how big it is in comparison I keep to my seeing, tower of power here. I keep seeing <laughs> it in different different perspectives, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Verge picture from Tom the other day, I think it was like the first that I'd seen him side by side. And I was like, wow, it's big. Then the other day, I saw a video of somebody actually, I was thinking it was the Digital Foundry unboxing video where they unbox the PS5, they sit it down next to the Xbox, (laughs) and it makes the Xbox look tiny because they're kind of standing over it. So instead Mm -hmm. of it being like the the camera's at the bottom and it's looking up at these two consoles and making them both seem big, it's staring down at it from that perspective. Oh my God, the PlayStation looks humongous. I was it's a tower of power, baby. Jeez, it's Godzilla. I mean, it is. I saw. Oh, no, it's a Godzilla. I saw two people unboxing, struggling. Like they were literally struggling to get this box out while Lift they were holding it. Lift with the legs, folks. Lift with the legs. Oh my gosh, I was just one dude just ripped his box apart in order to get this thing out. I was just like, dang, it is really, this- really big. I know we've we've said it over and over and over again, but I think it's worth saying. You've it's, said it over and over again. It's massive, man. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> I mean, screw in that stand, man. It was like it's crazy. Wait, wait for all the. So, what happens if you don't have the stand? Because you know people are going to lose. The it stand. comes with the stand, right? But it you know people are going to lose it, like use so sales and stuff. People like people are going to lose. Shouldn't it. deserve to have it. Then. So what? If like, does it, the stand. If you don't have the stand, you have does to it, have the stand on. Does like, it like you can't rock? Stand it up. Like if you tipped it, does you, it like tip you, you, back and You forward? can stand it up. Like I saw it without, without the, stand. the stand. Yeah, 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 it would stand up. It's just I don't know if you want that. How the thing is like how do you lose this? It comes dude, in the box. Dude, come you on. attach you it before that. you stand you know, it up. You know better. If you're gonna lay it down, it can't lay down without the stand. You know, like better. it just can't. Oh boy, <laughs> you know better. Those people shouldn't. They shouldn't be allowed to procreate or people have are costs. people, man. People are people. It's gonna happen. How do you lose? How do you lose the stand? You're going to go it's trade it in a GameStop. Game. They're not going to keep it together, right? They'll I send it off. Like it. It'll come back yeah. without the stand. When Shit. Jeff Keighley was showing it off, he moved his head. He like, like, this console. And then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. It's so funny because if you hold it up, like it'll block out the sun. Like shade <laughs> passes over you as you move it. <laughs> it's like an eclipse. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait to... Just stand it right here next to my computer, and we'll I, see how how it dwarfs that. I was going <laughs> to unbox mine, but at this point, I feel like if like you just like there's so many unboxings of all of them, it's like you're just throwing Already, a rock yeah. at the wave. We all okay. know what it does when it's unboxed. Now there's no point. Yeah. We heard the button. We heard the click. Like we've seen it all. Yeah, we really yeah. have. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But 
it's almost upon us and i'm super excited i can't wait i need some joy in this console opening we gotta get through election day first oh don't die yeah Yeah, tiny there you go bringing down the room all right it's more bringing down him it's because i have to go work at (laughs) at 3 a.m that day so like i'm trying to share the the misery with as many people as i can like somebody help me shoulder this well we have have, a long vacation scheduled afterwards we like, have we are no we have not been allowed to submit uh, for a vacation day since March. Oof, that sucks. Hopefully, this new console is like a, some glimpse of light to you, some I'm excitement. Not, I'm not allowed to be an hour outside of uh, an hour out of pocket mm. during activation. I can't be further than an hour away from having to report to work. You don't leave your home anyway, so what difference does it make? It's perfect for me. <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's going to do it for episode seven of PSVG Game Tech. We hope you learned a little something here. Just enjoy the ride with us or uh, found some new tech that you want to uh, go look up. And I'd like to give a huge thank you to our uh, patrons at the producer level. Mr. Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bone, Sarber Bone, Chris McElfish, myself, Kyle Hammond, Paul Calico, Michael Masick, Nick Fallharbor, Rob, Emmanuel Rude, Days 93, Ben Moxham and Grouchy Surge. We just really appreciate your patronage and would love if you if you aren't already a patron, come on over. Check us out. $3 a month gets you all kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous, ridiculous extra stuff. You've got strong style. You've got bored with everything. You've got books for geeks. Uh, all the wonderful DLC. I believe we had one uh, not too long ago with Rebecca. So you mm-hmm. get to know all about her. Um, I don't know who else is who else is in the books. I'm sure Donnie has. Haley's next. I got to get to. Gotta get to mm-hmm. Garrett. I gotta get to Delvin. We still have half the team to get through. Yeah. So uh, check us out. There's there's tons of content. I think there are 96 episodes in the the DLC vault right now. You get early access in Decade of Horror. Too. Oh yeah, Decade of Horror. Just check it out. Like we're this is it. It's the culmination of, of of the Decade of Horror. Today is Halloween. If you're looking for some spooky stuff, check out that podcast. It's got all kind of wonderful recommendations to end the month of horror and set you into the month of Thanksgiving. So, yeah. So Christmas. Uh, And yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to follow us over at game tech pod and tune into all things PSVG at PSVG.blog and PSVG on Twitter. And with that, may your K's and P's be bright, your flirt frames glorious and your flops powerful. We're out. (laughs) 